It is your money, and I'm Susie Jones, the host. My job to introduce to you the founder of Wealth Enhancement, the co-founder, Bruce Helmer. He is with Wealth Enhancement Group. He is a senior vice president and a financial advisor. Hello, Bruce. How are you? We have Peg Webb as well, a financial advisor, senior vice president. And we want to remind people before we get started, if they don't get a chance to get their question answered in the next hour, always you can call 1-886-ADVICE or email questions to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Hello to both of you. Welcome. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, Peg. Hi, Susie Jones. Good to be with you, ladies. Uh, Susie, uh, today Peg and I um, have a special guest. We're going to talk about, and I, Peg, I'm almost reluctant to say this because people don't want to talk about this. They don't want to hear about it. I don't want them to turn off their radio. Hang in there, listeners. We're going to talk about insurance, and there's a lot of different types of insurance. In fact, I don't know if one-hour show we can do justice to all the different types of insurance. Uh, we thought we'd start with life insurance and go from there and see how much we can get done, at least get highlights in, in a variety of different insurances. And even though I know no one likes to talk about it, no one likes to think about, especially life insurance, no one wants to confront their own mortality. If you've watched you know, life insurance over the years, there's various sitcoms or TV shows or movies. I think of the movie Groundhog Day and the life insurance salesman is ridiculed and made to look stupid and made fun of. It just seems to have a very negative perception, but it's a very, very important, critical part of comprehensive financial planning. And we're fortunate to have with us today Jenny Boland. Jenny is a uh, senior vice president with Wealth Enhancement. She's also a financial advisor, but in her background, she has some experience in the life insurance industry. And much as I look on PEG as kind of my go-to expert when it comes to bonds, Jenny is my go-to expert when it comes to life insurance and other types of insurance. So insurance 101, how much, what kind, what should we have, what shouldn't we have? Jenny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bruce. I can't believe you just compared me to Ned on Groundhog Day, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? So it, That's nice, society yeah. Makes, society makes fun of life insurance, people. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that is true. I always say I'm a lot of fun at parties. If you want to talk about, you know, insurance, I can I can talk hours on it, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would I would also second to Bruce that Jenny is a expert at uh, all sorts of insurance because we're comprehensive planners at Wealth Enhancement Group. Jenny, you pay, uh, play a really important part in that every single person that we have client-wise and people that come in to interview us for the first time, somehow, some way, life insurance comes up. But not just life insurance. There's so many types of insurance that I think today would be a good day just to maybe highlight some of the ones that we see the most. And so let's start with life insurance. You know, what is it? Who has it? Why would you even consider buying it? Yeah, well, the first people that typically buy life insurance are those people that are just starting out in their lives and starting accumulating debts and they're starting to have families. And God forbid that someone, a spouse, um, dies 
early, right? And leaves another spouse in financial turmoil because you no longer have that other person's, your spouse's salary, you may have a mortgage that you have to pay. And so the first step is really getting term insurance. And what term insurance does, it just covers a temporary amount of time. So you first identify the goal of the insurance. You say, all right, so I need insurance to cover my salary for the next 10 or 15 years if something were to happen to me. In addition to that, if I want to make sure that my spouse can pay off the mortgage. So let's say I'm 40 years old and I want to have this covered for 20 years. So you have a temporary amount of time that you need the life insurance. And so then you look at a 20-year term. Term insurance will go 10, 15 years, 20, 25 years, 30 years to cover that short time period um, when you're still in your accumulation phase of growing your assets and building your family. It's also term insurance tends to be the lowest premium for to get the highest amount of death benefit. So when I first the, um, you know, younger ages especially, is typically term insurance that also will fit into their budget um, while still planning for retirement. Yeah, and I think that's a, tr- a true, you know, important, uh, you know, a policy that you should buy. And a lot of people are getting through their employer which is a good kind of group term, um, reasonable price. Let's actually go right into permanent insurance. So whole life, uh, a lot of our clients have that type of insurance, and you are excellent at reviewing those policies when people come in and we try to assist them. Is that a policy that they would want to keep, or is it a policy that they'd want to exchange? Or is it a policy that they might want to um, discontinue at this time, depending on uh, lots of factors in their life? So let's talk a little bit about permanent. So there are several different types of permanent insurance. The whole life that you mentioned, there's universal life, there's variable life, there's death benefit guarantee, universal life insurance out there. And the reason you would have insurance, permanent insurance instead of term insurance, that it's going to cover, uh, it goes, actually, Peggy, it goes, and Bruce, it goes out to age 125. I always say at 125, you give me a call, we'll figure out what to do beyond that. But that's how long those illustrations are being run now, out to age 125. Now, what's nice about permanent insurance is a lot of them have a feature to build up cash value in your life insurance policy. So you have the death benefit. You pay the premium, but in addition to that, it's going to be invested, and that investment is going to build cash value over time. So if you've had this policy for 20-some years, there could be also some cash value in that policy so that when I review the policies, and I, I do recommend that you, if you have a cash value life insurance policy, that you get it reviewed annually. It does have to be considered like an investment because it has that investment component to it. And you want to make sure that this policy is healthy and that the investments are, you know, growing and so that your policy lasts. 
So when we take a look at a life insurance policy with cash value, what we get is called an in-force illustration. And you can just get that from your insurance company. You call the customer service line and you call and ask, I need, I need an in-force illustration. And then we take a look and we review this policy with the client and say, all right, what was the goal and the purpose of this insurance? And is that goal and purpose still valid in your life today? And if it is, great, then we recommend, yes, keep continuing making those premium payments. This policy looks good. Let's evaluate it again next year. If, for whatever reason, something has changed in their life and it is not as important to have the insurance anymore, then we'll look at different options. Okay, what is more important to you now? Is, is long-term care more important to you? Maybe you don't need this policy at all and we can just cash it in and now you can use that for retirement income. Um, the other piece for permanent insurance is legacy planning. So when you get into the older ages and you no longer have a salary or you're not worried about replacing if something were to happen to your salary or your mortgage and, and you have all of these other assets that you know are going to, you're not going to spend down to your last dollar, right? But you want to make sure that you pass on your assets to your beneficiaries in a tax-efficient manner. That's when we also start introducing life insurance because the death benefit proceeds of life insurance are tax-free to your beneficiaries, where other assets like IRAs are going to be taxable to them. So we start strategizing with using life insurance as the tool to pass on tax-free money to your kids or other beneficiaries that are important to you. Um, Bruce, I just want to take a second to highlight, um, like, where do these clients get the money to pay these premiums, um, as you just talked about legacy planning? Uh, many, many of our clients have re required minimum distributions out of their IRAs every year, and many of them don't want to take it, right? They don't want that taxable income on their income tax. <clears throat> well, one thing they do, um, and it's a suggestion of our roundtable and Jenny, your help, is could they take part of that or all of that required minimum distribution after tax money after they pay Uncle Sam and buy a life insurance policy where then that cash would go into that policy and like you said Jenny that the that when if when they pass away that that life insurance is then you know tax free um, and so that was one and then I recently just had a case where. Um, a client who was in their 70s inherited a million dollars from their parents. And she's very adamant that that million dollars gets to her kids. And so we purchased a million dollar life insurance policy that she's taking some of the dividends off a million dollars. And then she is paying that premium so that she can go spend the money, live her life, but know that her kids are going to get the million um, as well. So I wanted to bring up a couple recent case studies. Um, Jenny, any comment to those? Yeah, we see that a lot where if it's important to you to leave money to your kids and you want to also make sure that you are living the lifestyle that you want in retirement, well, using life insurance to say, okay, I know that I have this million dollar life insurance policy that I know is going to go tax-free to my kids. 
so I can enjoy my retirement spending the assets that I have, these other assets that I've accumulated with Roths or IRAs, um, to be able to live the lifestyle that I want in retirement. So being able to balance both of those goals using life insurance as a tool is actually pretty powerful, and I do see a lot of clients using that. Before we get off of life yeah. insurance, oh, I'm sorry. Bruce, I was just handing um, it to you. Oh, sorry. Um, before we get off of life insurance really quickly, I just wanted to add that I think, again, part of this public perception, this negative perception of people that market life insurance, um, they just assume that you're trying to sell life insurance policy for your own benefit or for your own commission. And I got to say, when Jenny and her team or when Wealth Enhancement does an analysis of these policies, if you get us an enforced illustration, oftentimes our advice is not to get out of that policy, um, maybe reduce your premium, maybe keep doing what you're doing. Um, but very seldom do we say, oh, well, you should drop that policy and buy policy through us. We're a fiduciary, and we will always give you our best possible advice. We're not just trying to sell life insurance. We're, we're trying to do comprehensive financial planning of which life insurance is a, is a component of it. The other thing I wanted to say really quickly, I'm a personal example of um, the efficiency of wealth enhancement of uh, life insurance. I've had a permanent policy in place since I was in my early 20s, but a few years ago I wanted to add a little bit of death benefit, and so I wanted to go out and get a term policy to add to my permanent policy. And just to test the waters to see if we're as good as I thought we were, I went and got quotes through multiple carriers. I hear these at commercials um, about uh, select quote or commercial about Big Lou. Big Lou's like you. He's got <laughs> high blood pressure, too. And so I got quotes other places, and I got a quote through Wealth Enhancement. Wealth Enhancement by far gave me the best terms and conditions and also the least onerous underwriting to get the policy issued. It was far superior to the other places I went to. Um, so, again, we're not trying to sell people life insurance. We're trying to do comprehensive planning. We're trying to, when we do recommend insurance, we, we, we hopefully give you a very valid reason why we're recommending that. Sometimes we recommend permanent, sometimes we recommend term, because that's the other argument, which is better. And the answer is it's going to be different in every situation. It depends upon your specific circumstances. All right. Should we move on to the next type of insurance we want to talk about? Yeah. Jenny, sure. um, how about long-term disability? Long-term disability is really for uh, uh, clients that are in not retired yet, in their early ages, again, of just starting out um, in their life, in their career, and God forbid, again, if something were to happen to you, that individual, that they have a disability insurance to cover the, sal the salary just in case they are not unable to work anymore. Now, what's nice about disability is a lot of times you do get that through your employer. Unfortunately, through your employer, oftentimes it's capped. And so you would only, let's say you have a $100,000 salary and you become dis disabled, you, you it's capped at like 55 or 60%. So you're now bringing in a lot less. Um, when you're on disability. And so we offer supplemental plans uh, to aid in providing more disability insurance 
on top of your employer plan. So when we run the quotes, we say, okay, what did you get through your employer? What is your occupation? What is your income? Let's see if we can supplement um, your, your employer policy with an individual policy um, that will provide more coverage in case a catastrophic event happens and you become disabled. Yeah, and the quote that I hear, and tell me if it's, it's accurate, is that a lot of times people should put that long-term disability first, even ahead of life insurance when it comes to uh, taking care of your family. Is that still? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. when you take a look at statistics, you know, you're statistically more likely to become disabled. Um, um, you think of a head injury or a brain injury or um, a car accident. You know, this is a lot of fun. I'm a lot of fun on the radio right now talking about death and being in car accidents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is your life and it really does happen. And so to be able to be prepared for that, especially, and, what, and Peg, I know you, I've heard you say this, you know, prepare for that, for that un uncertainty. Right, and so that's what you are doing in having disability insurance. And the, statistically, you're most likely to become disabled than you are to, to to die. And so to be able to have the coverage of your salary so you can heal um, is is important to have. Uh, to, again, to just keep protecting your family um, during times of uncertainty. Well, and I even think about it more so now with things costing so much more. And it's probably a good time to regroup and, and make sure that you have enough of disability through your employer if you're comfortable with that or, you know, adding a supplement policy. What other insurance uh, do you want to talk about? Well, the other insurance piece that's very important and that we're seeing a lot of now is these insurance with a long-term care component to it. Um, especially when you have a cash value life insurance policy. Again, like when I do those reviews, um, we'll take a look at the cash value and that client may say, you know what, the death benefit really isn't as important to me anymore, but I am really concerned about long-term care. What if, I what if I need it and how am I going to pay for it? So insurance companies now have come out with these hybrid products where you put the pre you can take that cash value of that life insurance policy and it's called a 1035 exchange. And you can move that cash value to another life insurance policy, and that's a non-taxable event. And that new long-term care, that new life insurance policy has a long-term care component to it. So what's great about it, what people are excited about, is that there's three options in these new hybrid products. Let's say that you have um, a 1035 of $100,000, and you decide in five years you don't want it anymore. Well, it has cash value in the policy, so if you don't want it anymore, you can get the cash value out. Let's say you do need it for long-term care. It's going to provide long-term care protections for you. It's, it's very much like traditional long-term care where you have to qualify. You can't do two out of the six qualified. Um, um, you have to qualify two out of the six daily activities that you, can, you, you, you do on traditional long-term care, the same things. You have to qualify it through a, through a doctor. Um, and it provides the long-term care protection, just like a traditional long-term care plan. But if you don't use it for long-term care, and again, if you just were to pass away, it provides a death benefit, a tax-free death benefit to your family. So we're really seeing a surge of this life insurance with long-term care, especially with clients that have a cash value insurance policy, where their need has now changed from 
providing death benefit to providing long-term care. And we can provide long-term care and a death benefit if they don't use it um, and need it for long-term care services. So we're really seeing a resurgence of that being with clients being more interested in being able to cover both death and long-term care with one policy. Bruce? Jenny, thanks, thanks for bringing that up, and, and I didn't know we, you were going to go down that road today, but uh, I'm glad you did because um, that's, a, that's a topic that uh, the public is, is finding out about, and I'm getting that question uh, more and more, this hybrid uh, co concept of combining life insurance and long-term care in the same policy. Hey, ladies, we've got uh, a little, about a minute left here, so I'm going to kind of uh, wrap up the first half. Susie, um, we've got a couple other things that we want to talk about in the second half of the show, but then we, we will leave time today for listeners to get involved. And, and Jenny, I want you to think about this. I'll, 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 I'll kind of forewarn you. Since we brought up long-term care, we brought up hybrids. One of the things I'm getting a lot of recently is increase in premiums on long-term care. And I know we sometimes do individual shows about long-term care and only long-term care, but if you can think about that and maybe talk about that a little bit after the break and a couple of other insurances as well. Susie? Yep, very good. We want to remind people listening, it is your money and it is your money and it's time for you to jump in at 651 461 9226. That is our text line. You can either text us a question or you can use that number to call 651 461 9226. Back with more of your money after this. Welcome back. It is your money and reminding you once again to write this number down for future use. one eight 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 six advice If you have a question later for Bruce or Peg, that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also always email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But for the next 25 minutes, we're taking your texts and your calls at six five one four six one nine two two six. Once again, here is Bruce Helmer and Peg Webb and our very special guest on insurance. Take it away, guys. Thanks, Susie. Uh, listeners, if you joined us late, we're fortunate today to have Jenny Boland with us. Jenny's a uh, financial advisor, senior vice president at Wealth Enhancement Group. She is in our Woodbury, Minnesota office. But before she became a financial advisor, she had a career in the insurance industry, and she's sort of a on our, on our roundtable team of specialists, widely regarded as one of our insurance specialists. We've been talking about insurance. We started with life insurance. We talked about reasons to have it. We talked about uh, term insurance versus permanent insurance. We talked about reviewing those policies, making sure that they <laughs> remain healthy over time. Um, we also uh, talked a little bit about uh, disability insurance and the importance of that. Uh, we talked about the disability, at least up to a certain age, is more likely than death, so you need to protect yourself from that loss of income. The one thing, ladies, we didn't mention that, that occurs to me, the other thing about disability income, if somebody gets hurt and can't work anymore, they're still here and they're still consuming and they still are an expense. It's tragic if we lose a loved one and we have life insurance but now, at least economically speaking, that person isn't still here consuming. That's another reason that not having enough disability income can be a, a huge uh, potential pitfall in your financial planning. Then Jenny brought up the, the concept of life insurance 
hybrid policy and combining it with long-term care. And then I threw a curveball at her and I said, I'm getting questions. In fact, I have an email right now that I have to reply to. And I know I have a review meeting tomorrow where the, the issue of increase in premium and my long-term care is coming up. So we wanted to talk about that a little bit, and, and then we didn't even really define exactly what long-term care is. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Jenny, to talk about long-term care, what it is, and what to do if your premium goes up. Yeah, well, the traditional, there's two different types of long-term care that's available right now. What you're talking about, Bruce, is a more traditional long-term care policy. And so how that works is you pay the premium every year. And if you, uh, uh, and then you, when you qualify for long-term care coverage, you can't do two out of six activities of daily living, it's called, and the doctor will send a note and say, yep, they qualify for long-term care. And then what long-term care does, it helps pay for things like assisted living. It helps pay for home health care, which is really why majority of the people um, 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 have long-term care, because they really want to make sure as they age that they can stay in their home as long as possible. So that's what this type of policy does. It covers long-term care expenses when you get to a certain age where you can no longer really um, help take care of yourself. The issue with the traditional long-term care, oh, go ahead, Pam. No, I was gonna just say um, that, go ahead, go ahead. it's a great policy. I've seen many people use it, and it really helps because then they don't have to pay out of their own pocket for this long-term care assistance. Part of the issue with traditional long-term care is you're right, Bruce, is that these insurance companies can raise the premium, and people are getting letters and saying, all right, my premium was $5,000 a year. Now I've got received this letter, and they're going to increase my premium quite a bit. I've seen, you know, almost sometimes 96% increase on these traditional long-term care policies. And so you can either pay the higher premium amounts to keep the same benefits, or you keep the same premium and reduce your benefits. So it's not ideal, um, especially when you've been paying into a policy for so long, and then the insurance company can make changes to, to your premium, or you have to make changes to your policy, which decreases the amount of benefits that you would get. So the life insurance with the long-term care, the other reason that we're seeing it be so attractive is that the life insurance company does not do that with these hybrids. Once you pay the premium, you can pay it a single pay, you can pay it over 10 years. I even have a nationwide, for example, you can pay all years. As long as you make the premium, the death benefit in the long-term care is going to be there. They have things called guarantees. To them, and so as long as the premium is paid, the death benefit is guaranteed to be there, and they won't increase your premiums. And so that's what makes new hybrid life insurance policies much more attractive than traditional long-term care. Uh, what I would add is because I'm getting a lot of um, calls, and through our review reviews. We are uh, leaning on you, um, Jenny and Pam Krejci, in your department because, gratefully, the insurance company is giving a lot of options to change to. And, yes, you have to lessen your benefits, but because we have our arms around our clients, we, with your assistance, help coach them. Here is all the options and, you know, kind of explain them to them. 
And lately I've had people because they're in their 80s, you know, and they say, you know, do I really need lifetime benefits? Because some of these policies that we endorsed 20 years ago, they just paid astronomical for life and they've compounded to such a great value that maybe affordability isn't there. So we've been adjusting some of those policies. So I would just say if you have a policy, you know, make sure you call the carrier and make sure that you understand your options. Or if you have a financial advisor, you know, check with them to see if they could be of assistance. Jenny? I think it's just another reason that when you work with a financial advisor, at least with us at Wealth Enhancement Group, that when we do our reviews with you, not only are we reviewing your assets and your investments, but we're also reviewing your protection piece. We're reviewing your life insurance policies. We're reviewing your long-term care and just making sure that there's still a benefit to you. And again, that the purpose and the goal of that insurance is still applicable to our clients. And if not, we need, we need to make changes, just like we do with your investments. Bruce? Um, are there any other insurances, Jenny, that you want to hit on? There's a couple more in the outline, or do you want to um, see if listeners want to ask us questions, or do you want to get a couple of other of these insurances covered? Well, the other piece that I can talk about um, is another permanent policy that we see. So a lot of the insurance that, that um, I, I, I work on is term insurance. I see a lot of that. These hybrid, I see a lot of that. The other piece is called the second-to-die life insurance policy, and that really is for estate planning. It's to say, okay, I have, um, again, I want to pass on money to my beneficiaries. It's important for me to pass it on tax-free. So what the insurance company has is called a second to die, where there's two lives on the insurance policy, and it, the, pay, the benefit doesn't pay out until both of you have passed away. So why do you do that? Well, if you have estate taxes, um, the state of Minnesota has an estate tax. So if your net worth is above a certain amount and you both of you were to pass away, your husband, the husband and wife pass away, your beneficiaries could pay an estate tax. So to help pay for that estate tax, we use a second-to-die life insurance policy to be able to help your beneficiaries quickly be able to pay those estate taxes. And then we can get in, you know, when you come into us at Wealth Enhancement Group, we can review if that's something that is applicable to you. And then we start talking about irrevocable life insurance trust, making sure that insurance is outside of your state's estate. So it starts to get a little bit more complex the strategies, but again, that's why we, when we do our reviews, we make sure that um, something like this may be a benefit to you because not only are we providing you with life insurance um, needs, but we're also plan starting to plan for tax planning as well. Um, so that's, that's the last piece, Bruce, that I wanted to talk about. It's really term life insurance, reviewing your life insurance policies, making sure that, you know, your goals and your need for the insurance you're in your 20s versus your 50s versus your 70s are, are ever-changing. And so making sure that the insurance that you have on you is the right fit for you. You know, I, it's really interesting. Real? Oh, Jen, Jenny and Bruce, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how I recently um, got some more life insurance on myself and when the lady came to my house to take my blood and see if I was eligible for this life insurance, she said, hey, I just came from another home and this lady was 73 years old and she's 
getting tested for life insurance. And, and this woman who's a nurse, right, she said, who in the world would ever sell a 73-year-old life insurance? Well, I explained the whole thing that you just said about this estate planning and if you owe tax and, and you know, it's a way of, of you know, having money uh, pay out so that the children, you know, can pay the tax but still be whole in the inheritance. And she just soaked it up and said, thank you. Thank you for explaining that to me. Now that makes sense. You know, so I wanted to share that story. Yeah, and you bring up the point. Yeah, the life, life, getting life insurance is, is is also not it's not a super fun process. You do have to besides taking the application, it is based on medical history, and so yeah, sometimes seventy three year olds are, can be a little bit more challenging in terms of their health history, but we underwrite them all the time um, um, and are able to get them um, insurance as well. Yeah, Peg, I'm glad you had that opportunity because I, I again. This, I keep referencing back to this public perception about life insurance and, and that, you know, people that sell it are somehow unscrupulous or dishonest or whatever. Why would you sell a 73-year-old? Well, that's a very good reason, and we've, uh, we've all done it uh, as advisors. We've all had situations where in the planning process, in their priorities, their goals and objectives to leave a certain size legacy, it's a very, very efficient, very effective financial planning strategy, that's absolutely a, a good reason to do it. Um, ladies, we're, we're, we're down to about less than 10 minutes. I just want to quickly mention other types of insurance and, and then get to listeners. But, you know, home and auto, we don't do that internally at Wealth Enhancement, but we can outsource to a strategic partner that, that will do a good job and, and I just want to say, review your coverages. I think a lot of people have the same car and homeowner's insurance for a decade, and they've never looked at it. Sometimes you review that, reprice that, go to somebody that's not a captive agent of one company, but maybe a, a company that represents multiple carriers, and you can save money or get better coverage for the same dollar. So we, we help you look at that but we don't actually do that internally at Wealth Enhancement, but we have strategic partners that we can refer you to. And then health insurance is such a, a big issue for all of our listeners, and mo many of you or most of you have it as a benefit through your uh, employer, but if you don't, or even if you do, we can review that and give you guidance there. And again, we have a strategic partner that we outsource a lot of that too. We don't do it internally, but it's a strategic partner that we know does a good job, know we can trust. Um, you know, they, the, the feedback from clients is positive. If it weren't, we wouldn't refer to them anymore. So those are other areas of insurance. Again, all subsets of comprehensive financial planning, all things that we can help you with. Peg, Jenny, last comments uh, that you want to make sure you uh, uh, share with listeners, key takeaways, and then we'll spend the rest of our time answering questions. I, I think the bottom line is just keep uh, re reviewing your life insurance policies and your life insurance. I mean, it's not a ton of fun to talk about, but it is part of planning and it's important to have uh, to help protect your loved ones. All right. Peg? Oh, Peg. No, go ahead. I just want to say 651-461-9226 in our final moments here. Uh, a texter writes, I have a life insurance policy that has accumulated cash value. 
Can I cash in that cash value? And if so, does that affect or reduce my death benefit amount from the original policy? Okay. Well, if you cash in your life insurance policy, you, you, do no, you no longer have a life insurance policy. So if you take any of the cash value in there and say, I'm going to take this whole amount, that the life insurance policy is then done. Now, how, when you surrender, that's called surrendering the policy and you get, you get a check for the cash value. Now, the tax consequences for that is if you cash it in, any gain from the premium that you paid in, so let's say you put in just easy numbers, you put in $10,000 and the cash value is now at $15,000, you cash it in, you get the full $15,000. Any of the gain, that $5,000 gain of the life insurance policy will be taxed as income to you. Now, there's other ways to tap into that cash value life insurance. You can take withdrawals from the policy. You can take loans from the policy. And in order to do that, I would recommend, again, that you get an enforced illustration and say, okay, I want to take $10,000 from this policy. How is it going to affect my policy? And, yes, it definitely could reduce your uh, uh, death benefit. That's why you, before you take um, any sort of loan or withdrawal, you just want to make sure that um, your policy is still going to be healthy. Um, but that's a way for you to keep take use the cash value of the life insurance policy, but keep the policy in force. If you're going to take all of the cash value, then your policy is over and done with. All right. There's another one that writes this question, a texter at 651-461-9226. Love your show. My husband and I each have long-term care policies. For the, we've had it for 32 years. We've spent about 76000 and they're now offering a buyout of about half of that. Are we better off continuing the long-term policy or taking the buyout and investing in something else? Yeah, I would say that you definitely need to sit down and review your situation. That one's a hard one to be able to tell you what to do just over the phone um, because we really need to know your circumstances. Um, I'd probably lean towards recommending keeping the policy because I always feel like, God forbid, we we let this policy go and you just get the cash for it, and then the next day you're going to need it for long-term care. So I tend to hedge on that you're going to be using this policy and that you're going to be happy that you have it in case, again, in case that uncertainty happens and you need it for long-term care. But I definitely would sit down with an advisor and review that. Yeah, one of the things I would add to that is how many $10,000 checks am I sending out to a long-term care facility per month right now? So it's $120,000 for some of this long-term care costs. So if you've been paying in for 32 years and you have $76,000 into it, think about it, though. You're insuring, you know, just even a short period of time in a nursing home or home health care or that kind of thing. So I like what you said, Jenny, you better sit down with somebody who can say the pros and cons and, and, you know, should I keep this policy? I would say 99.9% of the time I have encouraged people to keep their policies because the features and benefits from buying it so long ago are so much superior to what you can even buy today. 
Well, yeah, I agree with everything you both said, but it also comes down to affordability. If you can absorb the premium increase and it doesn't, you know, negatively impact your lifestyle, you know, now you live on ramen noodles because you can't afford food anymore, you know, <laughs> that's an easy decision. If you can't afford it, you have to figure out something else. But if you can absorb the premium increase, it's an easy decision to keep it. I worry about my clients that the premium increase is such that now it's a strain to afford that policy, and how much diluting can we do before we get to the point that the coverage almost isn't even worth anything? So, but I also come back to whenever an insurance company offers a so-called buyout, there's a reason they want to buy you out. Six five one four six one nine two two six. This is a text question that came uh, earlier on in the show. Outside of the marketplace for health insurance, if you are between 62 and 65, what is a recommended best health insurance and where to get it? Um, I guess the answer to that is? Yeah, so when I get those questions with my clients, I, I again, we don't handle that internally at Wealth Enhancement Group, but I work with a great um, resources uh, and referrals outside of us. Um, again, like your life in auto, like what Bruce had mentioned, you want to go to somebody that can really shop the market, that understands the marketplace out there before you hit Medicare to be able to shop it um, for you to find the best health insurance for you that, again, also will fit in with your budget. Because, yeah, you, what, what you're doing there is and a lot of times when you leave an insurance company, maybe COBRA is the best option for you for the 18 months. And then you get off COBRA and say, all right, is, is what else is out there and available to you? So you go to a broker that specializes in health insurance to be able to shop the market for you. One person texts in today at 651-461-9226. My house is sold off. Should I use the money to put that into long-term care insurance? Uh, well, yeah, long-term care. Can you repeat that question? Their house is sold off and they want to use the proceeds yeah, to buy yeah. life insurance? If your house is paid um, off, is it a good idea to use that for long-term uh-huh. insurance? And we have about a minute left. Um, okay, well, again, that depends. Um, really, the house being sold off, um, really, I don't know how that um, matches, you know, fits together with having long-term care, I guess maybe because now you have um, um, some available cash flow availability to buy the long-term care. But again, you need to sit down with somebody and evaluate and say, these are the pros and cons of having long-term care insurance. Is this going to fit and accomplish my goals? And what other assets do I have available to me? Um, but congratulations for paying off your house. That's awesome. All right. Um, Bruce and Peg, we have uh, less than a minute. Did any final thoughts before we remind people where to go after the show is over? Bruce. Oh, no, I, I thought it was a great show. I want to thank Jenny for taking the time to be with us, and I want to thank her publicly for being a great resource for me on insurance. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> That's wonderful. Have a, have a great week, everyone. If you did not get your question answered, email yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com or call 1-888-6-ADVICE. See you next time.